coming our way on Thursday, March the 26th. As you know, uh, for a number of years, we participated in a special contribution for Eastern European missions. They are starting a new thing this year where they are kind of going out to different areas and trying to just get the word out and try to uh, build uh, their ministry up. And so one of the things that they're doing is they're having a dinner and a time just to invite people uh, to come and learn more about Eastern European missions. They have chosen Paris to be one of those locations. Uh, It's going to take place at the Civic Center on Thursday, March the 26th at 7 o'clock. And uh, one of the things that they're going to be doing at this dinner, and this will be area-wide, so we've got churches that are invited from about 50 to 75-mile radius that will uh, be invited to be a part of this. Uh, The main thing they're going to be doing that evening, uh, as as well as the dinner, they're going to be talking about the premiere of their new documentary film about the exciting things that are happening in Romania. And so one of the things that's taken place is they have... Uh, been able to to put Bibles in all the schools uh, in Russia. Other countries are calling and saying, hey, how can we be a part of this? How can we get involved? And so that ministry continues to grow, and I wanted to let you know that special evening coming up on March the 26th. That's a Thursday evening. Have you ever had one of those conversations on the phone where you're talking to somebody and all of a sudden uh, it may be a patchy signal or something, and you, and you say, hello, hello, are you there? Hello, can, can you hear me? How many of you have done that before? Isn't it the most frustrating thing? And about, after about three, four, five times you say that and nobody says anything, what do you do? Click. And then you either call back or you wait for that person uh, to call you back. You know, I started thinking about our relationship with God. And I started thinking about it like that. There's a lot of times where we're having those conversations with God or maybe we're waiting for God to have those conversations with us, either way you want to look at it. And all of a sudden we're trying to find different ways that we can grow closer to him, that we can connect with him, where our spirits are joined with his spirits. And so maybe sometimes it's this way. Hello, God. Are you there? Maybe you've had that thought in your spiritual walk. Maybe you've had that thought in your prayer life. And maybe, let's turn that around this way. Maybe it's as if God is looking to us and saying, Hello, Patrick, are you there? I want to look at it that way this morning. Because a lot of times we put it all on God. This morning I want to put that back on ourselves. And I want to ask the question, how are you doing in your walk with God? How are you doing connecting with God? And I know there are those moments where we want to say, hello God, are you there? But this morning I want us to look at it on the flip side of that, where God inserts your name and asks, are you there? Are you present? Are you where You need to be in your walk with me. And so this morning, I take us back to a little book in the Bible. I don't even know if you've read it recently. It's called Habakkuk. Okay, that is an Old Testament book. So I want you to turn to Habakkuk. 
If you're using a pew Bible this morning, I'm going to really help you out. It's on page 662, okay? Uh, Maybe Habakkuk is so unfamiliar to you. Look it up on your iPhone or look in your Bibles, but I want you to have Habakkuk chapter 1 opened up. And I want to take us back to a period of time of about six to 700 B.C., where Habakkuk arrives on the scene in the second half of these 100 years, and he watches the nation of Judah rediscover the law during King Josiah's day. And then, here's what happens. As he's rediscovering the law, the moment that King Josiah is gone, guess what? He forgets the word, and he forgets the will of God, and everything is kind of thrown out the window. Now here's something interesting about Habakkuk during this time, and teenagers are really thought of you this week because as Habakkuk is speaking to God here, and as he's sending out his complaint to God, he's somewhere in your age bracket, okay? He finds himself as a teenager really wrestling with life and really wrestling with God. And so I thought, you know, if Habakkuk as a teenager is wrestling with God, then it makes sense that even as older people, we wrestle with God as well, don't we? And we sometimes have those questions and we sometimes lay those questions at the feet of God. And I want to challenge you with this. If you don't do that, I encourage you to write down what it is that you really want God to know from your heart. Not, don't just pray about that. Don't just talk to him about it. Write it down and so it can be in print, so it can be in writing that this is how you feel right now in your relationship with God. And I'll say more about that uh, in just a moment. And so the book of Habakkuk is unlike any other Old Testament book written by a prophet. Now you've got to remember this. Here's what a prophet was called to do. By nature of their calling, a prophet was to speak to the people for God. A prophet was to speak on behalf of the people for God and deliver a message. And so as Habakkuk is doing this, he feels in his heart as if no one around him even seemed to care. That everything was just kind of on a slippery slope and everybody was just kind of doing their own thing and turning to their own ways And people were just kind of there. Well, when you look at that, you can't help but think about our nation today. And it's kind of interesting that I saw this this last week. In the year 2015, this is supposed to be a year, and I don't know who got this or whatever, but it was on different sites. This is supposed to be the year where more people turn back to God than any other years in recent years. And I look at that and I think, wow, that, how awesome would that be, right? And, and we're thinking, well, why 2015? I don't know, but I know this. God can work in any situation that he wants to. God can work through anybody that he wants to. He can work through any event, any situation. He can do whatever he wants because he is God. And he is holy and he is mighty. And that is the God that we are invited to worship every day. And so I started thinking in Habakkuk's situation, what do you do when you're like Habakkuk? 
What do you do when you have all these complaints? What do you do when you have all these things on your mind? What do you do when you think, you know, no one seems to care around me? Even when you have those thoughts, and even when that's your attitude, God still invites us to worship him. Because what he does is he wants us to bring our thoughts, our cares, our worries. He wants us to bring all of our insecurities. He wants us to bring it all and lay it at his feet and worship like we've never worshipped him before. And because when we do that, you know what we're doing, church? We are connecting with God. We are linking our bodies, our minds, our heart, our spirits in line with his, and we want to be more in tune to his will. That was Habakkuk's prayer, but before we get to the prayer part, you've got to start with the complaint, which is what Habakkuk does in Habakkuk chapter 1. But see, here's what Habakkuk is struggling with. He had all these questions on his mind that he could not understand. And so in this little book, it's just three chapters, it's a dialogue between Habakkuk and God. Habakkuk could not understand how his own people could witness the gracious hand of God at work in the nation and yet at the same time refuse to serve him wholeheartedly. Wow. Well, that's exactly where we find ourselves, isn't it? How can you witness and how can you look out there and see that God is at work all around us? And I really believe he is, church. Even when things are cloudy and even when things are a little foggy out there, God is still at work. He's still at work in your life. He's still at work in the life of the church. But Habakkuk's question is how can people acknowledge that and yet at the same time refuse to dive in there 100% and serve him? And it is aching his heart that so many people around him are refusing to do that. And so, you could even venture to say this, Habakkuk was disturbed in his spirit. Have you ever had one of those moments? Have you ever had a moment in time where you are disturbed in your spirit with God? That's a disturbing place to be, isn't it? That is an uncomfortable place to be, but maybe that's where God will do his greatest work in your life. Because maybe, just maybe, that's where he will find your heart acceptable and your heart broken to the point to where it's ready to be mended and it's ready to be drawn closer to him. I mean, at one time he had felt these revival fires that had visited Judah during King Josiah's day, and he saw those kind of fade from a blaze to just kind of a flickering ember, and he wanted more. He had watched the temple slowly become empty and the hearts of the people just dull and full of themselves. And here's what he was witnessing all around him, pride and lust and greed and violence and injustice had moved into the city square and began rotting the foundation of the holy city. Church, let me tell you something. When those things right there enter into our hearts, we're going to have serious heart problems with God. Because those things right there that I just listed, those are things that will draw us away from God. 
And as we're drawn away from God, we're going to find a disconnect. We're going to find where he's no longer there. We're no longer there. The conversation has stopped. Click. What do you do? That's a real situation we find ourselves in in life. And Habakkuk had preached until he was hoarse. He had warned the people until he was just worn out. And now the prophet felt he could no longer communicate with the people. And so here's what he does. With that heaviness of heart, he turns to God. And here's what he says. Habakkuk chapter 1. How long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you don't come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and I see violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. You see that? Everywhere I look, he says, I'm surrounded by people who would rather fight and argue over trivial matters rather than seek you. I'm surrounded by people who are on their own journey rather than on the journey that he has us on. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between where you want to go and where God wants to take you. And as we tune our hearts into God, into his heart, and as we do that in worship, we find a connection we find that we are more in tune with God and we begin to realize day by day, this is where God wants me to be in life. And it may not be where you are right now. Now, you know what's hard about that? Man, we get stuck. We get paralyzed, don't we? And we get in a rut and all we know is this right here. And it may be that God is stretching you. Maybe that God is saying, I need you to leave this place and I need you to come way over here because this is where I'm at. And this is where I long for you to be. When we're connected with him, we can't help but want to be there. Amen. We can't help but yell and cry. And plead to God, help me. Help me get where you are. When is the last time where you've actually even said that in a prayer? Help me, God. I've done all I can do. I don't know what to do anymore. And so I'm really reaching to you now, God. And I'm saying, help. And I'm crying that out as loud as I possibly can. And so I love chapter 2, verse 2. And here's what Habakkuk does. Look at this verse, and this is from the message version. And then God answered, write this. I want you to write what you see. 
And I want you to write it out in big block letters so that it can be read on the run. And so Habakkuk literally did that. He wrote down what he saw. He wrote down his thoughts. And that's why I'm challenging us this morning as a church, write down your feelings about where you are right now with God. Wrestle with that this week in your study time. Make that a challenge. That's hard. But it's just between you and God. Will you do that? Habakkuk's heart's breaking, as was the heart of Jeremiah. But the people would not listen. Habakkuk saw what was taking place in his own country The fact that the holy city was the nation's capital didn't stop that downward spiritual spiral of the people of God, nor did it cause God to turn his face and ignore all the perversion and injustice that was taking place. And so here's what was happening. God kept calling his people back, but they kept marching to the beat of their own drum. He kept hollering, he kept screaming, he kept pleading with the people, whatever it takes to get his people back. But they turned their backs on him. Because they would have rather just marched to their own beat and do their own thing than they had turn and do his will. You know, on the surface, it looks pretty easy to just stop and turn around. When it gets down to the heart of the matter and you start really heading in a different direction with your values and your life and your choices and all of that, it makes a difference, doesn't it? And Habakkuk knew that. And so, as the book starts out, the problem is God gave Habakkuk to see it It's kind of funny that the focus here is on how Habakkuk saw the problem and not God. Now think about that for a minute. We definitely see things differently than God does, and that's where the challenge comes. God wants us to see things the way that he sees them. And so... When your life and when God's life pair up, if you don't see things the way that God does, you've got to get to a point in your life where you move. You've got to get to a point in your life where you are switching gears and heading in the direction that's closer to the will of God. Habakkuk saw that at one point. Now it's faded away. Now he's pleading and crying for that to come back. And the only way for that to come back is for people to stop doing their own agenda, to stop doing their own thing, to stop doing their own will and get more in line and more connected with the will of God. And so real quick, here's... Here's how Habakkuk saw this. And I think we fall right in line with this in our own life. The problem, as I see it, is this. And this is what Habakkuk is crying out. He's crying this one statement out. God is not listening to me. Have we said that before? 
Have you said that in your own walk with God? God, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you, but you're just not listening to me. You know, when things aren't going the way they should, we are quick to let God know about it. And so the problem begins because God doesn't seem to want to hear what I have to say. Maybe it's the other way around. Maybe we don't want to hear it because we know we're going to have to make a change when we realize that the way I'm living and the way that God is wanting it is two different things. And so life goes on there, and the problem is I see it, Habakkuk goes on, and he says, God isn't looking at what is going on. And that's when he starts crying out all these different things and all this uh, perversion and all this injustice that's taking place, and it's, it's as if he's saying he's not looking at what's going on. And so not only is God not listening to me kind of tattletale on everyone, he's not seeing what's taking place Habakkuk's thinking it's almost like God has turned a blind eye or a deaf ear to the situation because he's seen the same problems in Judah that we see today. Here's what he saw. There's violence. Life is unfair. Injustice prevails. And we see this today just like they did. God's word seems to be ineffective. And if you look at our nation and if you look at our churches, one of the things that we feel from the heart of God is that God is calling us back to his word. And so just like in Habakkuk's day, they were rediscovering the law. What we need to do in our walk with him is rediscover a passion and a love for the word of God. Some of you get that. Church, I'm serious. To the point to where we are in this book more than we're on TV, that we're in this book more than we're on anything else that we're reading because when we're in this book, we are tuned in to God. We're tuned in to his will. We're tuned in to what really matters. I wonder what would happen Starting this week, if you young families, and I know many of you are already doing this, and I pray that you continue to do it, instead of just going in and tucking your kids into bed and kissing them goodnight, read them a Bible story. And I'm not saying you've got to preach to them for an hour, but read them a Bible story and help some teachable moments come in to their heart about God. Help them rediscover God. We all need to slow down and take more time in rediscovering God's word. Because when we do that, you're going to find what his will is for our life and our heart. And Habakkuk was wanting that so much for his people and I believe God wants it for his people today. So Habakkuk goes on to say, the problem as I see it is, God, you're just not doing your job. When you step back and think, wow, what a bold, bold statement to say to God. And if you stop and think about it, 
even if you don't say that in word, we say that to God on a daily basis, don't we? When we turn our back on him. Anytime you turn your back on God and you start doing your own thing rather than what he's asked you to do, it's as really as if you're just slapping God in the face and saying, your word doesn't matter. Your will doesn't matter for what I want because this is what's really important for me right now. Really? Really? So maybe... We've got to pause and realize i got a lot of soul-searching to do in my own walk with him to be able to get where he is. And so what do we do when it seems that God isn't listening? What do we do when it seems that God is not looking at things the way we do? What do we do when it seems as if God is not doing his job? I believe Habakkuk answers this in chapter 2, verse 4 where he says this, the righteous will live by faith. Really? That's the only answer you're going to give me there? Yes. Because when faith kicks in, here's what it says. I don't always have to know God's will here. I have to believe it. I don't always have to understand God in this situation, but I have to trust him. I may not always see it God's way, but I still have to trust his will that he knows best and that I don't. And so as Habakkuk is complaining all of this out, he hears that from the word of God that the righteous will live by faith. So I want to remind us this morning that even when we don't see the big picture like God does, and there's going to be a lot of times in life that we just have to simply trust God. And so here's what transpires. When we are just kind of going through life, and when we don't think that God is listening, guess what? He is. When we don't think that God is seeing what is going on, He is. And when we don't think that God is working, he is working in ways that we can't even begin to see or understand. And it's in all of those moments of life where God still invites his people to bow down to him, to look to him and his son as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And church, that is who we worship every day. Even when we don't feel like it, we still worship. Even when we don't want to be here, God still invites us to worship him. Even when you don't think that your heart is in the right place, guess what? Let God be the one to judge that. Let God be the one to accept that or not. Because we have no right to say, God's not going to accept that. Let God be the judge. And when we do that, there is freedom in just coming together to worship. Oh, worship the king. And the good news is we begin to realize worship is a whole lot more than just this room.
Worship is daily. Worship is 24-7. Worship is when I'm sitting at my desk, talking on the phone, doing my job. Worship is everywhere. And as the Hebrew writer reminds us in chapter 12 of verse 28, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. And so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Every time we're worshiping, we ought to stand in the presence of a holy and loving and mighty God. Aren't you glad that God has created us to worship him? And may we do that daily in our lives because church i promise you this when we are worshiping him you can't help but draw closer to what his will is for your life let's pray father we thank you for rich stories like the one we've looked at this morning father i thank you for the life of habakkuk I thank you for the things that he struggled with and wrestled with in his life. And I'm so grateful, Father, that we have this example in your word that we can look to and learn from. Father, we live in a dark world, but you've called us to be your light. And help us to let our light shine before men, that more people can be drawn closer to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray this morning. And all of God's people said, amen. Let's stand as we continue to worship.